Well, here we are once again at Pastor B's kitchen table. We do thank God for the table. This place we break it down, chop it up, and put it back together again. And here at the table all this month, we're going to be dealing with a very sensitive yet relevant topic. And the topic is simply living after a loss. In the age we're in now, there's been a lot of losses going on. But we've got to be able to live, those of us who are still here. And I'm so yeah. pleased to start off this table topic series none other than my friend, the great Dr. Ross Cullen, Sr. So, Dr. Cullen, will you say hello to the kitchen table audience, please? Well, hello to you at the kitchen table audience. It's good to be here with you today. Amen, Doc. I thank you for taking out, for carving out a moment in your in your busy schedule to talk to us today at the table. Doc, you, you, you heard me mention about uh, living after a loss and... And certainly, I want to start with you because you are a senior pastor. You've been pastoring for a long time, Doc. And so many times people assume that life somehow takes a detour and doesn't hit us as pastors. Yeah. And, it, and especially when it comes to losing loved ones and a loss. So, Doc, can you just, I, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to give you the mic. And just take us down your journey, please. Wow. Um, that's quite an assignment. Yeah, or uh, this brief time that we have today, but I'll take a swing at it. Okay. I guess I need to start off by saying that this is my 51st year, um, no, 52nd year in ministry. I uh, preached my first sermon. Well, I did the best I could. I, I couldn't <laughs> see how <laughs> really can't say I really can't say it was the sound. Yeah, yeah. Back in June of 1970 was uh, when I answered the call and began attempting to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. My subject for that first sermon, I do remember. Yeah. The time that I'd be about my father's business. Yeah. And so I've been trying to do that for the past 52 years. I've been blessed to serve the Solid Rock Church family for the first 30, past 36 years. And uh, so that's a little bit about the length of time that I've been in ministry, the length of time I've been here in Houston. Shortly after my family and I moved to Houston, we experienced um, unexpected tragedy, is putting it mildly, um, mm. our 18-year-old son was murdered here in the city of Houston. Um, one month shy of his 19th birthday. Needless to say, that was um, the most painful loss that I've had because, as I said, he was approaching his 19th birthday. Um, you know, of course, when you lose parents, that's always traumatic. But to lose a child is yeah. an experience that uh, you can't compare to anything else. I would say the only reason that uh, I survived that was because of the relationship and the faith that I had in God before that happened. Uh, I had preached the funeral service of a young man 25 years old who had uh, lost his life in a motorcycle accident. That was before I moved here to Houston. Mm -hmm. And the Lord had me to preach. It was the first time that 
Um, I really preached a message from the book of Job. You know, we hear about Job and you hear other people preach from Job, but one of the things I've learned in ministry, even as we studied the scripture, is that nobody can exhaust it. Um, yeah. You take a swing at it, you do the best you can. And when you get through, you've left so much more than you brought out of it until you you yeah. down not brag about what you presented. But it was the first time that uh, the Lord impressed upon me the sovereignty of his nature. And so the, the thing that caused me to um, choose the text that I did for my for uh, this young man's funeral was the fact that people were saying it was so unfair, you know, how we talk mm. about the yeah. loss of life, you know, of young people. And we say it's just so unfair they didn't even get a chance to begin living and their life is cut short. And so that was what the Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to talk about an unfair God. Yeah. And when what he showed me was that in Job's situation, um, we would say God took everything from Job, but the two primary points of that message was God always gives us more than we deserve. That's first. And when he takes from us, he never takes back everything that he gave us. Mm. And so those those were the two primary things that that we focused on during that message. But when my son was murdered, it's like the spirit asked, "Is it still true?" Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah, is God still sovereign. Does does he still have a right to do what he wants to do with his world, with his creation? And uh, I had to hear up and say yes. Yeah. So that was my own personal experience of having to deal with a loss that I still feel today. That was, he passed away in 1991, and this is 2022. So yeah. I still feel his loss, but I'm comfortable. I've been able to be comfortable with it because one time I was feeling down and you know how, you know how we as preachers, we talk about, talking to the Lord. People don't understand what we mean by that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they think we're a little bit old. But um, I was talking to the Lord about it, and he said, well, he's with me. Would you rather him be back there with you? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you know what my answer was? No, Lord, no, please. I would not want him to be back here with me. And what David said concerning the loss of the child he and Bathsheba had conceived, he said, I'm going to go to him. He's not coming back this way. Right. I'm going to go to be with him. And so the, the Christian faith really demands that we trust God. I mean, if, if you don't trust God, you, you really can't say a whole lot about the faith that you profess. Because I think that's really the main thing that God is working on getting human beings to do, and that's to trust him from the point of salvation to anything else that we deal with in life. It's about trusting him. So that would be my introductory comments about the loss that, that I've had. Now, there are a number of other 
losses that I've had. Uh, I've been through a divorce. Uh, first marriage failed. And that's a different kind of loss, but you do have to adjust to that as well. But those those are the two losses yeah. that I've lifted up at this point. I've had some more. But that's yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Doc, can you say a word about grieving? Because there is the 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 understanding that that's a huge loss. You said to lose your your son, your flesh and blood, and and then yeah. and you say that you still feel it today, over thirty some years later, you still feel it. Um, how did you handle the grieving process? Well, um, one of the things I think that has really helped me is being honest with God. Hmm. Um, I used to hear as a boy, when someone died, people would say, be strong, you know, don't cry. You know, they, they, they see somebody crying and they say, don't cry, baby, don't cry, you know. And I found out that crying gives relief. Yeah. yeah. I can't explain it, but uh, I call it the ministry of tears. Mm, uh, Jesus cried. Yes, sir. You know, the verse that we used to rush to quote when we had to quote a verse of scripture, I want to say Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse. Yeah. Without, fully, without fully understanding the significance of that. Uh, not only did he weep over the death of his friend, and we're really not sure why he cried, wow. because he already knew he was going to raise him from the dead. So, you know, wow. we're just speculating when we say, well, this is the reason why he cried. He cried over Jerusalem, and we know why he cried over Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They rejected him. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let him be to them what he wanted to be. Yeah. And so I say grief requires crying. Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you don't, it's it's kind of like letting the pressure off. And I can't explain that. Right. But I know the effect that it has uh, when I am in a place where my emotions overwhelm me. It seems like it's automatic that, that the water just runs out of my eyes. And one problem with us as men is, back, especially during the generation in which I was raised, um, if you cried, they, they said that you were a sissy. Yeah. You, yeah. Be, yeah. you need to be tough. Right. You know, right. Don't cry. And, of course, since I've been in ministry this period of time and studied and learned and experienced, I've discovered that one of the reasons why um, women handle grief and handle their trouble better than us is they cry. They cry, yes, sir. Sometimes we say, always cry. Yeah, they're always releasing depression. It's like a pressure cooker. You know, that little little bobbin thing on the top. Yeah, yeah. Releases pressure. Otherwise, it would blow up. It blow up. That's right. Yeah, they will blow up, and a lot of people do blow up because they don't know how to handle the pressure. Grief is pressure. Now, I would also say that if you are not a true born-again child of God, and if you do not feed on the Word of God, your grief is going to be much more difficult. It's going to be much longer than those of us who've been to Sunday school and church, who have ingested the word, 
before the tragedy comes, before the grief comes. Um, it's hard, it's real hard to seek out God in the midst of tragedy. Yeah, yeah. You, if you don't know him before, that's why we have people who commit suicide, people who mm. murder, all kinds of things that we as Christians have the capacity to do. You know, because we're saved doesn't mean we don't get irritated, doesn't mean we don't get frustrated, doesn't mean we don't want to exercise that trigger finger. But right. we can't do that. You know, that's already settled. That's not how God wants us to handle life. He's told us to trust him. One of the scriptures, Pastor, that has blessed me so far, I would say decades now, is be anxious for nothing. Mm. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will yeah. God will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Man, that has kept me from being yes, suicidal and homicidal. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a revelation for, for me to sit here and talk to you. You as a pastor and me as a pastor talking about feeling like pulling the trigger. Brother, but, hey, that's right. You know, but we don't that's, do that's, that. It's not right, that we don't have the capacity. That's the right. Spirit, the word of God is that's what right. enables us to that's pass right. it on here. Peter said, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Right, my, yeah. pra my prayer life has greatly improved um, since my son was murdered. Oh yeah. man, it's yeah, it's it's light years different because now I don't mind praying at the drop of a hat. I don't mind praying with anybody at any time. You know, I'm not ashamed to pray. Some Christians seem to act like they're ashamed to pray. You know, yeah. um, especially if you're not at the church. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You fellowship and you share and you say, "Well, let's have a word of prayer." But what? Why are we praying? <laughs> because, because we can. Because we can. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's not yeah. quarantined to that sanctuary. That's right. No. And then yeah. when, you think, when you think about the privilege that prayer is, I mean, the fact that the creator of the universe has given you an open opportunity to talk to him whenever you need to. He has brought us into this relationship with him, this father-child relationship which is really about as close as you can get in relationship. Yeah, yeah. But when when he brought us into that relationship because of what Christ did, he gave us the privilege of talking to him. And matter of fact, he, he has commanded us to pray. Pray without ceasing. Yeah, Jesus yeah. said, um, men ought to always pray and not uh, yeah. on and on and on. And we yeah. see the results in scripture of people who prayed. And uh, prayer is just talking to God. He, he already knows what you're thinking, but for some reason, he wants you to put it out in the atmosphere. He wants you to go on record. And yeah. uh, the thing I can figure out, if he already knows my thoughts before I can put them together, then why does he want me to say it? It's because he wants to hear it come from me. That's you know? right. That's right. That's right. The more wow. about trusting him, uh, my eyes are running water now, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah uh, sure. The more you learn about trusting him, the more eager you are to pray, the more eager you are to pass that burden on to him. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc, yeah. Doc, 
if, if I could just ask you another question here is that I'm glad you said pass on that burden because what about the parents or the family members who are watching right now and they've lost a loved one, whether it's a son or a daughter or a spouse, whomever, and yet there's a part of them that's not angry at God so much, but they're perhaps angry at themselves. Yeah. The feeling that somehow if they had been a better father, mother, auntie, grandmother, uh, a better something, then, then then maybe that wouldn't have maybe they wouldn't have lost them. So so how do you address that perspective? Pastor, listen. I'm glad you asked the question because I'm I most definitely have an answer. And it's it goes back to the death of my son. It is a normal reaction when someone dies for us to go back and try to figure out what could have been done to prevent it. Yes, and with parents and with people who are close, uh, friends, it's always, well, what if? And then the what if can go on, on and on and on. What if? What if I'd done this? Um, we were looking at a news report recently where um, a child was kidnapped and killed and she had called and asked the Uvalde event. That's what that's what it is. The child had called, I think, and asked her mom to come pick her up from school. Uh, I think it was the last day or something they were supposed to be um, celebrating, going to get ice cream or whatever. And the mother said, uh, just stay there. You know, we can do it after school. Well, you wow, know, yeah, yeah. Mother, she's got to carry that the rest of her life. Yeah. Here's what happened with me. It, it was the day of the funeral for my son, mm -hmm. our son. And I was there before everybody else did. His body was there um, in, in the sanctuary. And the question in my mind was, what? What, what happened? What did I not do? And here's yeah. the answer. Here's the answer. God said, I was a perfect parent to Adam and Eve. Hmm. And they still disobeyed me. Because my thing was, if this boy had just done what I told him, he would have still Yes, done. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, he and I were close. And uh, never will forget it on on. It must have been 1990, 1991. Um, Christmas Day was a Wednesday. And I had been invited to share with uh, Pastor Dixon, so I preached that day. But my two boys and I had gotten together after that when we played basketball. Well, he was not living with me at that time. And he had said he was coming to church that Sunday. And so I was excited. Okay, great, man. Well, he got killed that Sunday. Yeah. After, uh, you know, I had preached, and that was the last day of the year. And I had said, you know, somebody that's alive today won't, won't make it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Duh. I always say that, trying to get was, people to understand, you know, yeah, yeah. life and all of that. Right. And after church, I had gone home, sitting there watching the football game when the call came. 
Well, of course, the day of the funeral, I'm saying, if the boy, if, if he just come to church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. been in church that Sunday. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And that's when the Lord said that, you know, um, I created you all human beings with free will. I was a perfect parent to Adam and Eve, and they went against me. So no sense in you trying to carry that load, yeah. that that blame, because you are not a perfect parent. <laughs> Right, right. If a perfect parent gets that same result, yes, sir. Why, yeah. why would I think that my contribution would be stronger than that of God? Yeah, yeah. And when he said that, it was, it was like the pain yeah. of loss yeah. is still there, right. but I don't carry any yeah. kind of guilt, any kind of responsibility. That is my fault. Yes, sir. See, you, you're just helping somebody right there, Doc, because they're always, as you said, there's the what if and, and how about this? And if I would have done this or done that or said this or, yeah. or and, and it, it always comes back to weight in which, in which you can't do anything with. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Doc. Oh, thank you for sharing that word. That's that's going to bless somebody around because they, they've been wrestling with that thing. You said it's amazing as a pastor, you preach, you're up there and you're preaching and, and 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 you're looking for your own son and you're saying that you know this could be your last time and it's the last time for your child yes yeah just 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 the, the angst of that and yet uh which which we talked about grieving doc back to grieving the scripture okay. talked about grieve with hope yeah. so and and that's i call that good grief grieve is those who have hope right so if so 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 can you just talk a little bit doc for someone about how you can have good grief and not that bad grief? Yes. I I think it has to begin with your relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, I said earlier, it's hard to find God in the midst of tragedy yes. because you are asking all these questions. Well, if he's God, how come he didn't do something? You know, yeah. I don't want to hear nothing about God. He's supposed yeah. to know everything. He's got all the power and he let it happen. And we get angry with him because we have not had sufficient knowledge in advance of the tragedy of the nature of God, the heart of God, the love of God. And we haven't really taken stock of how good he has been to us in spite of how we responded to him. So I say, if you are in right relationship with God, and if you are sure enough a believer, you're looking forward to getting out of here anyway. Yes, sir. A Christian who um, does not want to go to heaven needs to check out what's influencing them here on earth that would make them resist the idea of going to heaven. If mm -hmm. we go be in heaven mm -hmm. with God eternally, you mean you're going to go kicking and screaming? You know, yeah. like, 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 you know how they're trying to lead a, a a mule and he sit down on the <laughs> you're trying to put him in he don't want to go right I say frequently nobody's gonna be in heaven who didn't want to be there amen amen now that's right nobody's gonna be there that's right <laughs> that's a good word. not that's right you know, nobody nobody's gonna be up there talking about, I don't want to be up here you know? yeah. <laughs> Doc, it's going to be such celebration, such joy. And so those of us who 
have come to the point of understanding, like the like the apostles did, they 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 actually saw Jesus. So you know, uh, uh, history tells us Peter was crucified, and uh, he went uh, gladly to the cross. Matter of fact, he said, "Turn me upside down. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior." No fear of death. Paul in uh, getting ready to die, knowing that he's going probably to Nero's chopping block. Yeah. Man, he was celebrating. Matter of fact, before then, he had said, you know, I'm caught in a strange position. I'm caught in a wanting to go be with the Lord and needing to stay here and teach y'all something because y'all don't know much or nothing yet. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I need to teach you some more. He's so caught in between. So there was no fear of death, no fear. I really believe, Pastor, that death is not as bad as we think it is. Mm. It's mm. because we've never been through it that we're afraid of it. Yeah, Doc. Yeah. We consider the fact that wow. we are prisoners in these physical bodies. That's right. You can't just up and leave when you get ready. Yeah. But death is the separation of the person from the house they live in. Mm -hmm. That's all this body is. Mm -hmm. It's the place that our spirit hides out. It's the place where we can manifest ourselves to others. But the real us is spirit. It's spirit. That's, that's, right. that's why when the body dies, man, it goes back to dust. Yeah. You yeah. see the difference in the appearance of a body that's alive. Um, I've, I don't know if I call it the privilege, but I've been with people when they die. Yeah. And listen, is a totally, a totally different appearance yep. when that spirit is gone. Yep, yep, yep. That body, you had that, that body turn. That body starts turning quickly. Yes. Yeah, that body yeah. starts. That's right. Exactly, Doc. That body turns quickly. That's right. And when when you see what the what the writer of Ecclesiastes said, he said that the spirit, the body's gonna go back to the dust. The spirit's gonna go be with God who created. Yeah. So yeah. the question is. How are you going to face God when you get there? Will you face him as one who has embraced his word, embraced his son that is presented in his word, sought to live the life that he's prescribed? How are you going to face him? Are you going to be one of those who said, ain't no God? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. listen, the Bible said the fool has said in his heart, there's no, no God. God. So no God. Yeah. It's not us calling them fools, but they are fools because the Bible yeah. says, Right. Meaning they are without wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not without intelligence, but without wisdom. Without so wisdom. you begin talking about um, the death of the body of a person. We, we my family, uh, just experienced the loss of one of our cousins. And we are very, very close. But she's 77 years old. Been mm -hmm. suffering for can with cancer for some seven years. Mm -hmm. Body just totally broke down. Well, the Lord released her the yeah. other day. Yes, and so yeah. our attitude is we 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 go miss her, but she has simply skipped the line. She's in front of us now. Yeah, skip the line. Yeah. We are going to be where she right. is. She is. Okay. I don't know if I'm mentioned already, but David, did yeah, I mention yeah, about Yeah, David? yeah, about his son, yes, sir. Okay, let me say that again. 
David made it clear that he was going to be where his son was, but his son wasn't coming back here. He back. had fasted and prayed and begged God, let the baby live. And, and God said, no. Fine. David said, well, well, fine. I need something to eat. Yeah, he sure <laughs> did. He sure did. He got up. That's right. He clothed himself, showered, cleaned yeah. up. He, he, he yeah. went on back to leave. He went to living. He lived again. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. Wow. Doc, tell me this. Um, during your loss and during the process, what part did the body of Christ play? Because sometimes when people lose someone near and dear, they isolate themselves. Yes. And so, and so can, can, you, can you speak to that issue? Of, we certainly understand about getting away with the Lord, but also what part should the body of Christ play in with someone who has lost a loved one and they're going through that grieving process? Pastor, that's a loaded question. Yeah. That's that's a loaded question. Yeah. Because it depends on the level of maturity of the body of Christ around it. Ooh, Sometimes people in the yeah. body of Christ do you more harm than good. Yeah, Doc. Mm, mm, mm. So that's why I say it's a loaded question. Now, in my case, I had the support of our church family, the support of Matter of fact, I was able to help support others as they would yeah. deal with, you know, the mother, sisters, and brother, um, because I had my relationship right. My heart was right. I was okay. I think if I had fallen out kicking and screaming, uh, if I had been um, depressed, you know, and I'm not saying I didn't feel it. I did feel it. But it didn't get me down. It didn't pin me. I get this, yes, this yeah. illustration, you know. It, it didn't, didn't pin me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was because of the strength the Lord gave. The strength is available, but you have to accept it. You have to receive it. Yeah. God does not force strength on us. Yeah. You have to want it. You have to receive it. So I would say the body of Christ now, there is um, what's called grief care ministry. Um, mm -hmm. Recently introduced to that uh, by my wife. She, she, she's always researching and always coming up with something that's helpful. Uh, but they have outlined a program mm -hmm. for grief support. Right. So if the body of Christ, if the church has that kind of ministry, where they have been trained, where they've been taught, where they know what's going to be helpful and what's not, then they can provide tremendous care. But if they haven't been taught, you know, um, a person does not want to hear, well, he's in a better place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, want, yeah. I want to help you go to a better place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't want yeah. To hear that. I already know that. That doesn't right. soothe my pain. I'm hurt because I miss them, because I love them. Yeah. And if you love somebody, you'll feel it when yeah. they're taken from you. And to cry about it. To Even when you talk about the stages of grief, you know that. Uh, denial and, and, and what if and anger um, on down the line. And you finally right. get to where you accept it. Uh, you don't go through all of those stages 
uh, steps in order necessarily. Right, right. You have to go through every one of them before you can get to the point where you can deal with it, where you can go on living. And even when you, there are times now uh, I can think about him and miss him and my eyes start leaking, but it's it's not, you know, oh, woe is me and yeah. yeah. up in the bed, you know, pull the cover. Yeah. No, no, because of what I've told you already, I have the assurance, because I led him to Christ as yeah. a child. I used to ask him, boy, are you sure you're saved? Because the stuff he was doing wasn't becoming a Christian. Yeah. Daddy, I know I'm saved. I know I'm trusted Christ. That's all I can go on. And yes. with that personal testimony of his, I believe that he's present with the Lord. I'm not just trying to put him there. Yeah, that's right. His own testimony. His own that's testimony. Amazing. It's amazing how people who don't know the Lord uh, and who don't give him any attention want to immediately put their loved ones in heaven when they when they die when they're kids. Mm. Mm. Well, he got his wings. No, he didn't. He ain't getting no wings. Yeah, yeah. human beings don't get wings. We don't right. turn into angel. Heaven yeah. got another angel. Yeah. That's a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. Human beings yeah. don't turn into angels, and that that. I guess you can feel the energy that's rising in me because it, it pains me that people are so ignorant of the word of God until they will accept that which is not even close to the truth. And and we, since you may not never invite me back, so I'm going to say this again. <laughs> As preachers yeah. oftentimes propagate these lies. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I heard a preacher use. He was giving remarks in the sermon uh, before a funeral or uh, at a funeral before the, the sermon. And he talked about six wings. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. human beings ain't gonna get no six wings. Six wings, yeah, no, that's that's not biblical. And wait a minute, here's the thing. And then they say, uh, if if these wings should fail, I want them to meet me with another path. Yeah. <laughs> oh doc, that's just that's just that's just too much. That's that that's so erroneous. Uh that's nowhere in the Bible. Yeah, meet with two more another pair. No. Well, 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 my question is if the first two fail, why you want him to bring you two more? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That's right. So it, yeah. it it really comes down. Listen, that's why um dealing with funerals are so hard because it's so much that the people who are not saved need to know, and you can't tell them all of that at, at, at one 20, 30, 40 minute presentation. You can't do it. And so they don't have the strength to handle right. the situation because they, you know, strength comes over time mm -hmm. in increments, little by little. You don't just well, all get saved and all of a sudden, I mean, you buff in the spirit. It doesn't happen like that. No, it takes time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Dr. Cullen, you have blessed the table. You've blessed all the viewers and listeners, and you've spoken to some things that's in their hearts today because many of are struggling right now uh, with the issue of, of, of living after a loss. And I like what you said about although it knocked you down, it didn't pin you to the mat. Right. That what you've gone to, it did, using that wrestling il illustration. As, as we prepare to close, Doc, I want to ask you this final question. There are people that's watching you online right now, 
And they're saying, but yeah, uh, you're a preacher, you're a pastor, um, you know, but I'm just little old me. And little old me, I lost my child, I lost my spouse, I've lost my, I lost my, my, my aging parent. Um, man, just tell me, how do I just make it to tomorrow? What would you say to that, Doc? I would say, first of all, if you don't have what we call a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where you got to start. Mm -hmm. Personal means at some point in your life, you have come to understand that you have come short of the standard that God set for you as a human being. We call it the Roman road to salvation. And Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now those two verses let us know all human beings are on the same level. We are all sinners. The next verse lets us know that we've earned the privilege of being separated from God. That's what it means when it says death. It's not talking about physical death. The wages of sin is death. What we have earned is separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, there's a difference. That the, the contrast between death and eternal life is, is light years apart. You, you, you have a choice to make. Do you want eternal life in peace with God, or are you going to take a chance that he just going to accept you as you are? Listen, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ is God's only plan for salvation. He's the only one, only name given among men whereby we can be saved. So that's where you got to start. You got to start with humbling yeah. yourself before God. Our biggest problem, selfishness and pride, and, and they go together. The very first sin that was ever created was pride, and that was in the devil. The devil was not satisfied with the, the, the position he was created to fill. He wanted God's place. We don't know how long it took for him to get right, right. being created to, to, to uh, take over God's position. In Revelation 4, uh, John says he's given a glimpse into heaven and he saw a throne and one that sat on it. Yeah. Well, God is on his throne and he's going to be there. That's right. Nobody's going to supplant him. Nobody's going to move him. So, so believe uh, people have two options. You can either humble yourself, accept what he has said, or you can reject it and take the consequence that he has already told you you're going to get. He's already made it plain that if you reject his son, you're not going to make it. Right, right. That's step number one. Yeah. Step number two is you need to find a place, a, a pastor. Pastor Hamilton is a good recommendation. Uh, a pastor who is rightly dividing the word of truth, who is telling you what the scripture says, not what they think, not what they want, not using it to scam you, but somebody mm. who's telling you exactly the truth. And there are people all over this city of Houston, all over this area who are doing that. 
Yes, sir. There are people rightly dividing the word flow. I mean, they spitting it out. Yeah. Uh, and and there's got to be some somebody whose flavor you like. One reason why God, I believe, calls so many preachers all over and over again is some people don't like certain preachers' personality. They don't like the way they look, period, period. <laughs> yeah. You can't hold that as an excuse. Keep looking till you find one. That's why. Right. Feel like you are able to receive that teaching and training. You need a teacher. Yeah. Um, and and the scripture tells us that uh, teachers, pastors, teachers are gifts to the body of Christ because they help to interpret, to make plain the word of God and pass it on to you. Now, um, I went. Is it, do I have time? Because I'm just. I'm not, you just finished the record. Just go ahead, Doc. You're good. Okay. Um, I ordered um, a bag for my lawnmower to catch the grass. I was sick of cutting the grass and it just laying out there dying. They delivered it to me. I opened up the box. I was going to put it together myself. Open up the box. It had about 15 different. Yeah, probably about 10 or 15 different pieces. I looked at the instructions. I looked at the pieces. I said, ain't nowhere in the world I can put this together. Yeah. I I had the desire. Right. The pieces still in the box. I got to take them to the John Deere place and let them put it together. Because I got the pieces, but I don't know how to put them together. Put it together, yeah. 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 Okay. I see the reason why God gives teachers, he gives us understanding on how to put it together so that you can understand. You've got to find somebody that you can get in with. And then you've got to study yourself. You know, yeah. uh, life, suicide prevention has a slogan and they say, um, what is it? The uh, What is that slogan? Uh, it has to do with the fact that tomorrow is still going to come, I can't mm. remember exactly. But the idea is don't kill yourself today. Things things could be better tomorrow. The problem oh, may, yeah. be, may be gone tomorrow. Um, but anyway, find out find out what that exact slogan is because it's powerful. I can't remember yeah. the quote. But if you don't know the Lord, if you're not in a church family, a, a part of the reason why we need each other is Living life on planet Earth is rough. Yes, sir. We need the support of one another. And that's yeah. why, this would be my closer comment. That's why in the right of Hebrews uh, 10, 25, I think it's located. Yeah. Talks yeah. about forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner of some is, and such the more as you see the day approaching. We are presently living in the last days. And back then, centuries ago, you know, thousands of years ago, I guess you could say almost 2,000 back to New Testament time, folk were cutting church then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'll stop. <laughs> no, Doc, you have, you have done. Thank you, Dr. Collins, for not only opening your schedule, but also opening your heart to yeah. share this, something that's as intimate and so deep and and you've just encouraged so many hearts uh, with your transparency and your truth. And so I thank you, Doc, for bringing the word of God 
kitchen table, you've got to you got to listen to this. You got to share with your family and friends, and talk about it at your own kitchen table. Son, talk about what the pastor just talked about his own loss and how he's navigating. The important about your relationship with Jesus Christ is first and foremost to be sure about that. Then finding a church family, the appropriate church family, what God would have for you to be, and then let them be a family. When you get there, let them be a family. Connect, right. you know. Right. Uh, so we thank you, Doc. May God bless your ministry, your your bless wife, you, your health, your strength. Thank and you. so I thank God. Uh, let me just say a word of prayer, Doc, and we're gonna yes. we're gonna close and, and let them go chew on this on this meat that has been served today at this table. Father, right. we thank you for Dr. Cullens. We thank you, God, for his life, for his encouragement for the truth, for the exaltation of you and God not being, Lord, reluctant to share his own deep hurt, deep pain and the loss of his son, Lord God. But as he said, Lord God, it is far better to be with you than be here. Uh, yeah. We honor you, Lord God. Help us, yeah. God, to work while it's day because night's coming and none of us will be able to work. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. 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 Have a wonderful day, Dr. Cullen. Have a wonderful day, kitchen table. And I'll see you next week right here at the kitchen table. Thank you.